DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Chris Torella joins the sports reporter for Bay News 9 and Spectrum Sports 360 in Tampa, Florida. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each Smart Controller purchase. The offer is available to all Commercial Property Zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Chris, what has happened to the Bulls? It is a roller coaster. Watching them from the other side of the country, sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're not really good at all. And this season looks like it's off to a not really good at all start. No, you're right. And it hasn't been a pleasant ride for the past few seasons, going back to when Charlie Strong was here. And, uh, you know, I've kind of coined it. You know, when they had the likes of Quinton Flowers and all those guys, I mean, you know, it was a big, beautiful Ferrari when Willie Taggart left to go out west to Oregon. And then, uh, you know, Charlie Strong comes in from Texas and he just, he crashed it, you know. And uh, then, unfortunately, Jeff Scott from Clemson's had to come in and really not only try and develop the talent here, but then go find the talent. So you're starting to see that. But unfortunately, like Luke Fickle at Cincy, who's going to the Big 12 like BYU, you know, even Scott Frost and now Gus Malzahn's going to have to do it a little bit at UCF. You have to find your guys, your talent. So uh, that's that's a process right now, but they're starting. They're starting to find it. It may not add up to a lot of wins this year, but the word is progress, and you're going to have to find it a lot deeper than just the score. So I'm interested in the quarterback position. I can recall in the offseason as we're preparing for stuff and reading on a BYU schedule, I look at the quarterback mm-hmm. spot, and I see McLeod transferred to Arizona, but they brought in mm-hmm. uh, a uh, Carolina transfer. They brought in a Miami transfer. But yet, neither of these guys are playing. It's the freshman McLean. What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, and Jordan McLeod, you know, such a good kid from the Tampa area. He was 7-14 of in that 2019 meeting against BYU, so it wasn't like he lit it up that day. But, uh, yeah, so Cade Fortin, he was actually a, a signing from Jeff Scott that first weekend back in December 2019 that he was here. He actually went up to Atlanta and actually uh, was about to commit to, I believe, Syracuse. And he said, give me a minute, I need you, and he brought him down. And then Cade you know, went through injuries, went through uh, COVID, unfortunately, last year, like so many players. And uh, so he never got right. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, they bring in Jaron Williams. But the thing about Jaron is, is, and I kind of saw it in spring, not that he's not a competitor, not that he's not talented, but he just, I said, he's fourth on the depth chart. Like, they've got two talented young quarterbacks that are way better than him. Like, I don't think Jaron peaked in high school. So I think that's why he never really materialized. And Cade... Yeah, he, they were telling him for eight months as the starter. And then they, they tweeted out he was the starter for NC State, and everyone's sitting here thinking, okay, Cade's, you know, he's a leader, he's in control, and then he can hit a couple deep balls against NC State. And next thing you know, here comes Timmy McLean, and it's a, it's a quarterback competition. So, um, But Timmy McLean has a lot of flashes. He's a really good quarterback and, uh, you know, just won the 8A state championship here, and that's as high as you go in, in Florida. So uh, he he's definitely going to – make Bulls fans believe again, I think. Uh, so look, when you got a freshman, you got a young quarterback, sometimes you just have to let them go through the tough times because they're going to come out a, a lot better for it. So if you have a freshman quarterback who's going through tough times, you'd like to have a dominant run game, but mm. looks like running back by committee and there's nothing really dominant about it, the way the carries have been spread around. Is anybody going to merge as a guy or is this just going to keep being a three-headed monster? Well, I, here's the thing. I don't think – it's not that it's – I think it can be dominant the way they're struggling. 
they've got different backs doing different things. Uh, Jaron Mangum, who comes in as a transfer out of the SEC, he's somebody that you know can score. I think he's got five touchdowns. Yep. So uh, he can he can handle the ball. He can handle the workload. Last week, Brian Batie uh, had a career game, 110 yards. So yeah, I mean, look, they they've got different guys who can do different things. I think their running back room is arguably their 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 strength of the team. That with their most improved position of offensive line. So uh, I think um, you know maybe you won't see it dominate on Saturday night in Pro Bowl, but you're going to see this team again continue to improve. They've definitely got the talent in the running back room. It's just a matter if they can you know get to that second third level against a very good BYU defense. Well, the, offensively, then they return everybody along the offensive line. So shouldn't this group improve as it goes? Well, the offensive line's doing really well. The offense, uh, you know, Alan Mockridge, Coach Mo, he's uh, been a godsend to this program. Uh, the offensive line, I think they've been grading out. If you look at the more advanced stats and pro football focus stuff like that, they're grading out over eighty. That's really good. So they, you know, they've only gotten three sacks this year, and BYU thinks right there with them. Uh, but you know, that's the thing. When you got a more mobile quarterback like Timmy, he's going to move, and he's going to he's going to get sacked, and that's going to happen tomorrow night. But uh, you know, he's a very capable, uh, you know, of you know, getting rid of the ball fast or making a decision and making the offensive line not have to work as much. But yeah, this finally uh, offensive line is. Uh, has finally come together. Um, they still need to recruit better at that position, in my opinion, but they're getting the most they can out of a lot of guys who are finally stepping up in what, for a lot of them, is their third, fourth, or fifth year. If you were defending this uh, receiver group, would you put your best corner on Xavier Weaver and tell the safety, find Weaver every time he breaks the huddle and then take your chances with everybody else? Yeah, I, listen, I think I'm so glad you guys mentioned Xavier Weaver. He's probably one of the most underappreciated receivers over the first few weeks of this season. I think uh, he does so much for this offense. He's, he's great. He, whether he's a second or third read option, uh, you know, he's somebody that you can get the ball to him. And we've been seeing it since spring ball. Uh, so he's, uh, I definitely think he's a guy you want to watch out for. Um, but another guy, and he comes from Sanford Seminole High School right there with, uh, with Timmy McLean is uh, wide receiver Jimmy Horn Jr., the freshman. Uh, you know, Cade Fortin overthrew him at NC State. It's, it's impossible to Horn Jr. This is a guy who, if he had another year of recruiting, Jeff Scott said could have been at Oklahoma, could have been at Clemson. So he's here. He's a gift for USF. And you're going to see him. I, I, I would love to see you. They did it against FAMU a lot more of the pre-snap, you know, jet sweep motion, everything. So I'd love to see them get Jimmy more involved. If you see Jimmy Horn, number five on the field, keep your eyes on him because he is a playmaker and he's ready to explode. How about defensively, speaking of playmaker, they got a big stud up front. Uh, well, defensively, unfortunately for them, I think they're uh, – they're not where they should be, right? I mean, I, I was looking at the BYU. <laughs> they, they got big boys, and they got boys that are big who are freshmen. And I think if USF could just ask one of them to come back on the flight to Tampa, that would be really nice of you guys because they need them. <laughs> they need the big guys. They're going to have to do a lot of that in JUCO or transfer route this coming year. Um, but, you know, they've got some big guys, but no one really stepping up. I think their defensive line is just, you know, you talk about trenches it's not where it should be. So, yeah, they've got some talent at defensive end and a couple defensive tackles that can play. They've got a couple older guys, but it's not to the level of a BYU. It's not to where they should be. Their secondary's banged up. Their, their linebacking core is, is, is talented, but 
you're going to see some mismatches, pardon me, where you have like a linebacker like number 11, Dwayne Boyles, who's out there guarding a speedy receiver, and you're going to be like, why is he there guarding? Of course, if you're BYU, you're going to be fine with that. We're joined right now by Chris Torello, sports reporter for Bay News 9 and Spectrum Sports 360 in Tampa, Florida. How does the news that UCF is going to the Big 12 with BYU and Houston and Cincinnati sit with USF? Uh, they kind of accept it. They see it for what it is. Or they're thinking, that should be us. We should have been in that group. Where did we mess up? You know what? I think if this was 2016 and you're coming off a year like UCF where they were 0-12, I think USF with Willie Taggart about to, you know, go for like a 10-win season, either they probably take USF at the time. And that's the thing, right? Big 12 has kind of been dangling this, this you know carrot in front of the horse for a long time about expansion. They had no choice with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Uh, so I think uh, everyone's kind of seeing it for what it is. A couple weeks ago, they broke ground on their indoor performance center, which should be up by next August. So, uh, you know, thunderstorms, which uh, in case you haven't heard, are pretty, you know, pretty everyday regular thing here during the summer. Uh, so they, they need that, and that's going to only help them. Um, but then, you know, one of their board of trustees also that day said they're going for an on-campus stadium. And there's a lot of rumors I've been hearing that within the next few years, they're going to break ground and have a plan in place, and they're going to get that stadium built. Because I think there is going to be another round with the Big 12, but I think the Big 12 could be one of a few options for USF because they academically uh, could get into another conference if they can get to AAU research status. So that's something to look at. But look, UCF, good for them. They want to travel all that way. But let's make no mistake about it here, and I'm not trying to stroke anyone's ego. BYU is the white whale. They are absolutely incredible. They are the cla- one of the classiest organizations out there. They deserve this. And the Big 12 is going to be a lot better, more because of adding someone like BYU than adding UCF. Wow, let's just leave it right there then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chris, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to the game Saturday night. All right, thanks. You guys have a great weekend. Chris Torello, Bay News 9, Spectrum Sports 360 in Tampa, Florida. BYU is going to be a lot, or the Big 12 is going to be a lot better by adding BYU rather than those you-know-whats in Central Florida. The war on I-4 lives. (laughs) (laughs) The war on I-4. It's a great nickname for a a real thing. It is. (laughs) I am. I mean, good for them, but this is about BYU, not those schmucks. (laughs) I mean, they needed 12, so fine. Oh, see, we told Throw you. Throw them in. We told you, you fans, it's all about BYU. I'm glad people are finally coming around to my line of thinking. They understand in Tampa, you've won them over. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a lot of time on Tampa. Mm-hmm. All right, DJ and PK, <laughs> coming up, we got tickets to give away. We're giving away BYU tickets at 830. That's about 10 minutes away. We got Aggie tickets to give away. See the Aggies and Broncos at 850. We got tickets to see Utah and Washington State at 930. And then watch, rinse, repeat. More tickets coming up on Scotty and Hands and on The Big Show. So stay tuned all day long. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
Jaron Hall got the win knocked out of him, according to him, but there's probably a little tough guy talking there. So what do they do with him for this weekend in a game in which the Magic Vegas predicting wizard has him winning by 65? 23. What do you do with Jaron Hall? If he's got injured ribs, then you don't play him because he probably can't perform up to snuff anyway. The mighty bulls of South Florida, their defense is barely existent. Maybe that's an arrogant attitude to take, but it's something you have to take into consideration when planning out the future of your schedule. If you think you have the opportunity to make a little bit of a run here, you got to think about that stuff. You can be conservative. I do believe that because you should beat this team no matter what. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Time now for Hot Takes or Toast, brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Question of the day, what are the chances that by Sunday, Utah is 1-0 in Pac-12 play, and a couple of 4-0 teams are lined up to meet next week in Logan? Sweep, 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 sweep. Does it happen? S. Quirrells at Squirreling Around says, I think the chances are high. Warrior Hunt says, I hope it happens. I hope it happens too. Not everyone does because some people hate their rivals, but I'm with you, PK. (laughs) Winning is good for business. Come on. The Cougars, I'm having a hard time visualizing how they're going to mess this up. It just sounds like USF's got a lot of issues. One and two coming across the country with a freshman quarterback and running back by committee and a defense that could be overwhelmed here. It seems like a lot of stuff would have to go wrong for BYU to mess this game up. A lot. And it can because you turn the ball over four times, you can lose a lot of games. So there's always a chance, but it just seems really unlikely. I would agree with that, yes. Uh uh, Romney has proved capable. I mean, I want Romney to have some more resume than keep going back to a Boise win two years ago. And I'm pretty sure Romney wants to have more than that on his resume. I mean, that's nice, but you want more than that. And this reminds me a little bit of you know, Jerry Sloan used to say this all the time. You know, you're for the guys, you know, the statues and all, and, and those guys were all set. But the other guys who were down the bench a little bit, you know, you're playing not for just us. You're playing to stay in the league and the other 29 teams. I'm sure you remember him saying that. And I don't know what's going to happen with Baylor Romney, but my thought is you put some more stuff on tape, and I understand his wife's got some uh, schooling she's doing and is going to get close to being uh, over. And who's to say maybe, you know, he's not. I'm sure he's not thinking of that right now. It's all about uh, leading his team to a victory now. But have some other stuff on your resume, and if you should want to go some other places, there might be some other teams that would be programs that would be certainly interested in you. But he's probably thinking, I'm not sure, I would, wouldn't think he's thinking about that, uh, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself. But the point is, he wants to have more good experiences at BYU than just beating Boise a couple of years ago. That was nice and all, uh, but go forward here to see what he can do now with this opportunity. And who knows, man? Stranger things have happened, you know. Uh, there's a guy, I think, I can't remember his name, in New England got a chance because Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Uh, what was that guy's, guy's name? Escapes me. What's that guy's name? Uh, he was on the Brady Bunch, but I forget which kid he was. I don't remember. And I have, at one time, I had a very close personal relationship. Who was the oldest Brady boy? 
Can't think of his name. I know his name is Greg Williams and Greg. Okay, yeah. I know you're a big Brady Bunch guy. Uh, so I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Tom Brady, but this is an opportunity to go out there and play. And, and yeah, you got to be excited for that. So Cougars should win and win handily uh, and continue because they're, you know, they're trying to make a move. Uh, in, in a sense, Utah's already made a move. But let's see what the Cougars rise up the rankings even more. And then, yeah, if I'm a BYU fan, I absolutely want Utah State to beat Boise. There's no question about it. Because then if we beat them next week, that just elevates our program even more. That would be my line of thinking. Before we move on to the other schools and the possibility of a sweep, Utah uh, BYU is a 23-point favorite. Before we get to the Utes and to Utah State, Yach's got some BYU tickets to give away. Call him right now at 855-340-ZONE. Caller number 12 at 855-340-ZONE wins tickets to see BYU and USF tomorrow night. 855-340-ZONE. We'll give away Aggie tickets in the next segment. We will give away U tickets one hour from now. And then Scotty and Hans and the Big Show will have more tickets later today as well. So for the Utes, not quite the overwhelming favorite that BYU is. 15-point favorite over Washington State, not 23. And we don't have as much confidence in them because we've seen them struggle. But... We've also seen Washington State play twice. i got to admit, I did not watch their Big Sky game with, uh, with Portland State. Uh, but watched USC and obviously watched the Utah State game. For all the issues the Utes have, Washington State's got them too. I just don't know how Washington State's going to score on the Utah defense. I thought the Utah defense has been playing better. Second half of the BYU game was not pretty. But they played better. And Washington State's got issues. They have been struggling to score. I expect the Utes are going to defend them pretty well. And I don't think it's going to take more than, what, 20, 24 points to win this game? Too low? You're already, you're already squeamish. I've gone too well, low. And, well, and I have gone too low for Vegas. They got the over-under at uh, 53. So uh, what are they thinking? What is that, like basically a 34-20 game, essentially? That's what they're thinking. Yeah, not sure who's going to be their quarterback. Delore's been hurt. Is it the Cooper kid going to finally get a shot to start? Or they go with the Tennessee transfer who has some moxie about him too. We've seen that. And so I'm sure they know who they're, what they're thinking. And Rolovich is an offensive guy. So I, I'm going to so give them So you've got to get to 28 a, to win the game. I would think so, yeah. I'm going to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Uh, there, um, you know, Utah's defense. Uh, not really sure how good they are yet. They're just too many new guys finding their way. Uh, the potential's there. There's no doubt about it. Well, as good as they look against San Diego State, the fool's goal there is that San Diego State's going to run the ball. And you know what? You don't have to make them one-dimensional. Well, they're playing with a backup quarterback, too. Right. They choose to be one-dimensional, so you didn't really make them be one-dimensional. So there's that. You know, if you want to go the, the defense, it was a, a little fool's goal. It wasn't really a true test. Season-ending injury up front. Arguably the best defensive lineman that they've got. They've got some younger guys on the outside that are still developing themselves. There's a lot of, uh, I think for Utah's defense, there's better days ahead. Not that they're necessarily bad right now. It's just that there's a lot of youth there. 
and let these guys grow up a little bit uh, defensively? How good can they be in the meantime as they continue to get better? That's up front and in the backfield. The linebackers with Sewell and Lloyd, that's another story. You know, they're, Lloyd's all over the field. He just He's just a classic linebacker in today's game for sure. So I'm talking about up front and then behind them in the secondary. There's so many, so many new guys. The Pututau guys, they, I mean, they've established themselves up front too. So uh, it's still, you know, big injury there. How's he going to play out? And, I, and, I, and I'm giving Rolovich a little bit of the benefit of the doubt going forward. Uh, so to think that, you know, maybe they should – put some points on they did early and then they got shut out so oh geez how do we know what's going on there so it's going to be interesting to see that's for sure well BYU's favored by 23 and Utah is favored by 15 so when you start talking about wins there it's certainly not a stretch the Vegas money is firmly in the Ute and Cougar corners then the question comes well Utah State they've stunned us twice have they got a have they got another upset going and uh the Jazzy Ute says, I think Utah and BYU win, but I'm skeptical USU does. Meanwhile, Mario, who tweets at us all the time, says, Utah State ain't beating Boise. And Jash fan Joshy says, zero, zero percent chance that all three teams win. So there is plenty of doubt. Zero, huh? There is plenty of doubt that the Aggies can do it again. And then that's zero. No, no. I can, there's no way I can go zero doubt. I don't know. I can't. I, I mean, I know I can't go zero doubt. What I don't know is what percentage I can go. I, it's, it's just hard for me to, to ask the offense to put up 49 again to win. Now, uh, Air Force has got that tricky offense. And, you know, you're in and out one week, you prepare for it, and then see you again next year. So there's hardly any carryover defensively. Uh, it did bother me that their quarterback, what was his name, Daniels, is setting personal records in the first quarter practically. That's not good because Bachmeyer, I believe, is a real talent. Uh, and that Shakir kid on the uh, outside for Boise is a big-time talent. So a little nervous there, but maybe that was somewhat of a fluke because you're expecting all these uh, – runs and these yeah, all the stuff that you gear for and then they throw your curveballs and start throwing the ball around well if Boise starts throwing the ball around it's not a curveball it's it's a fastball <laughs> coming right at you so that's on you to, to defend it but you know I like to think that it, for me this gorgeous time of year I woke up I, I really feel assignment sound this morning I think I've been able to hit all the stuff that I need so uh, we know when they play the option, it's about assignment sound football. And how come you never hear that the rest of the time? So it's not you don't have to be assignment sound when you play Boise. What's going on there? You're a football guy. I never put my hand in the dirt because I would dirty my fingernails. Why would I want to do that? You already told us you played football as a freshman. Was Thunderbird say, High. Freshman so, no, no, I said I was on the. I said I was on the team. But you didn't put your hand in the dirt. So you <laughs> not a one time in practice. Like, what's the? What were you doing? Laying over in the high jump pit. <laughs> No, I will never man. forget going out for basketball and seeing kids laying in the high jump pit thinking, boy, it's tough to be on the track team. We're on the basketball team when we run more than those clowns. Just laying oh, in the should. high jump pit, flirting with the babes. Come on. 
yeah, my freshman basketball experience was some of the worst of my life with a guy who uh, just got done playing four years for Frank Cush and got cut <laughs> by the Bears in training camp. I mean, he was coaching freshman basketball, and he made Frank Cush look like Mr. Rogers. And so, <laughs> dude, he was a psycho, man, chucking the ball at me, cut a kid's hair in the locker room before the game because he said it was too long. He told him to get it cut, and he didn't. How about that? Imagine that going on today. Oh, that would be right out on social media. <laughs> Does he think he's BYU? <laughs> and I told you that time we go out to the track and we're supposed to run uh, four 440s, and we did it in two groups, and my, my group was first. And I thought that meant we were running a mile and a half, and I start going, and I'm like falling the other guys are looking like Secretariat going around the turn compared to me. <laughs> and he comes sprinting out, getting in my face that I was dogging it. And I'm like, Coach, I can't sprint a mile and a half. And then he realized that I misunderstood that we're supposed to sprint six 440s and then take a take a timeout and let the other group go. Then we would go. <laughs> oh, I'm running a bunch of 440s? I'm not just running a mile and a half? Yeah, I thought, I just, in my mind, six 440s, that just registered, okay, we got, we need to run a mile and a half. If I'm running six laps around this thing, I'm pacing myself. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. You've never heard of Usain Bolt, but I'm not going to be him. <laughs> yeah, I am not Jeremy Warner out here. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way I'll drop dead, man. i got to run. If I'm sprinting a mile and a half... <laughs> Who sprints a mile and a half? Olympians. Um, Olympians yeah, sprint yeah, a mile right. and a half. <laughs> I'm 14 so, years old here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hot. And fortunately, that one time he calmed down and he realized that I just misunderstood. So he gave me a pass. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I was ever in better shape in my life than I was for 14 years old, man, on that basketball team with that wacko uh, doing it. And I remember one time I popped off to him and he chased me and he chucked the ball at me as if we were playing dodgeball, skipped and hit my legs. So, But it made me a tougher man, that's for sure. Man, it's a good know. thing there's no social media for this dude. And ever since then, I have been a Frank Cush disciple, and we haven't had the days at ASU that we had back then. And let me tell you, I was talking to somebody yesterday, that program really is in a mess, and they're going to need to clean house for sure the way what I've been hearing. So... But nevertheless, uh, going forward here, I don't know how we got on the, the track. We got random here. So here's the deal with Utah State. Do you trust what you've seen in two games this year with the new coaching staff? Or do you doubt Boise State because they have a new coaching staff and they've lost two winnable games and they get in a close game? You know, their confidence after blowing a 21-point lead at UCF and not being able to score a single point in the second half against Oklahoma State, is that going to bounce up and get them? Because there are a lot of people who are tweeting at us now, and they're going on 20 years of Boise State dominates Utah State. The Aggies have beaten them one time. Now, they haven't played every time, but they probably played 15 of the 20 years. They briefly weren't in the same league. But mostly they've been, they've been playing. And it's just the Broncos win. And one time in 2015, the Aggies got them. Now, the Broncos haven't lost to anybody in the division since Wyoming and Air Force got them in 2016. So this is a game that, on the surface, you just default to Boise State. And that works for you 90-plus percent of the time. You hate it when I do that, when I pick games based on program strength. But in college football, because people have... Widely different, uh, you know, budgets and facilities and traditions. 
It actually works a big percentage of the time. Yeah, but I don't think but this time it does. That's the point. Is this different? That this offense is now. It took. Uh, I don't know what, it took three quarters to figure it out, but over the last nine quarters, this offense has looked brilliant. And are they capable of going out and outscoring a Boise State team that aside from, I don't know, the first 15 or 20 minutes of that UCF game, the offense has been kind of, eh, okay. Uh, yeah, the competition has been pretty good, too. Yeah, it has. So, you know, to me, it, the, the problem I have is if you're asking the offense to score 45 or more. That is a big-time ask because you have to have a lot of big plays. Now, the Aggies have had a lot of big plays. There's no question. you know, not, they, they had enough plays, obviously, against Washington State. Uh, but North Dakota, they had a ton of big plays. The Air Force is hard to keep up, as I said Monday to Blake Anderson. Geez, thanks, man, because your games have been a whole lot of fun to watch. He didn't appreciate it because he'd prefer <laughs> it not to be like that, and I get that. But for me, I just want entertainment, and I got it watching them for sure, especially last week. It's just that I, I, it's hard for me to think that at the same time because you can say that the Boise didn't score in the second half. Okay, fine. But how about defensively in the second half too? They locked o- good. they locked Oklahoma State up and Yeah. And I here's the thing, and this goes back to the whole Charlie Brewer Baylor thing. I know from watching Oklahoma State football, they throw the ball around and they score a lot of points. But they're doing it in the Big Twelve and lots of teams do it in the Big Twelve. So was that really that good by the Boise State defense? You know what I mean? Yeah, you can go back and forth forever on this after only two games yep. or three games. Yeah, but when you mix in the money game, it's two. I don't think the money games tell us much about either team. Uh, okay, fine. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So it really when, is two. When games. we get to it's when we get to November, number. a lot yeah. of these questions have been answered. Well, and Kyle said that at his press conference after Week One, he says it's. You know, you want an answer after week one, and we want to prove a lot to week two, but until you're four or five games in, it's hard to know. And he knows because his whole career and every coach their whole career, they've been trying to, you know, break down teams' trends and tendencies, and they've been fooled week two, three, and four. They all have at some point. It's impossible not to be. For sure. But the good thing is, is that right now when the Aggies take the field tomorrow morning, they believe they're really good. They now, do. Maybe in 10 games, they'll still think they'll have even more evidence. But if it should slip away, well, it hasn't slipped away yet. And so they're coming off a great win. There's just no other da- no other way to say it. They're coming off two great wins. You know, they expected to beat the other team. But they're coming off two great wins, a conference rival on a Pac-12 team on the road. So they believe that they're really good. Anderson is a new guy. It's a new day. So many different players on the program, in the program playing who weren't there last year. So the point is they've got a ton of confidence. And if they're not as good, they don't know it yet. Ride with Tyler. And this is a BYU fan because he's got a cougar on a Big 12 logo and it's blue. And he says, <laughs> 5% chance Utah State beats Boise State. Why would they say that? Because <laughs> they've, well, if you're a BYU fan, you've done pretty well against Utah State. I mean, there was a blip there mid-decade, but you seem to be regaining the upper hand. And, man, Boise State's been a terror until the last two years. And we won the last two. Yeah, but it's 5% chance? No. That seems low. Well, and, and I would, think, I would you think you should be picking. them to win. 30 is the number I've settled on. Don't you want them to win? 
and set up uh, two it's a little bit of a wash. Next. No, it's, it's not. It's it a little, little bit of a wash because you play them both, but I get your point that the Boise State game, the Broncos are going to come in with at least two losses. So if you want yeah, the big Yeah, that's down the road. Let's worry about right now. If you want the big splash, then you need Utah State to win. But because both teams are on your schedule, ultimately no. I don't know that it's going to matter that much. No, 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 no. Because a win over Boise is always valuable. A win over Utah State is isn't as nearly as valuable unless they're 4-0. and If you beat Boise, you're always going to get, wow, that's a nice win because of all those things that you just said about Boise. So I disagree is, on that line of thinking. The problem is it's a new coach. They've already lost two games. doesn't if you, matter. If Utah State beats them and BYU beats them, that's four losses. And Boise State might not be done losing. This might be a 7-5 or 6-16. Six so then why not want Utah State to win? Because that could be one of your better wins. That just proves the point even more. But I think they've already got their better wins because if they're going to have a big year, they got five Pac-12 teams. they got a Big 12 and an ACC team. and They that's don't have their really, better wins. That's what's you, really BYU gonna, has their better wins right now? That's good. No, no way. Arizona sucks beyond belief. Historically sucks. I just told you the Devils are a mess. And so they got a nice win against Utah. They, they, and the Utah's 1-2 and two right now. So that, But the, the storyline will be they beat now. all these Power 5 teams. They, but it, their best win isn't yet to come. Their best win is to come. That's my point. Whether it comes yeah. or not... That's the point I'm making. I don't know that. But their best win this year on this year's schedule, it's to come. It has not been accomplished just yet. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. We're giving away Aggie tickets next. We just gave away the Cougar tickets. You got a winner, Yak. And go ahead. Jessica was our winner. All right, Jessica, congrats. She gets the Cougar tickets. We give away the Aggie tickets in the next segment. The U tickets at 930. Wash, rinse, repeat with Scotty and Hands later today. And with the big show this afternoon, they have more tickets to give away to college football this weekend as well. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. BYU welcomes South Florida to Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game. And then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6. With the postgame show starting immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got tickets to give away to see Utah State and Boise State 10 a.m. tomorrow. You can watch the game, Channel 2. You can listen to it here on The Zone Sports Network with Scotty G. You want to go to the game? We got the tickets right now. Caller 12 855 zone Caller 12 855 zone PK, we'll get right back to football, but the Ryder Cup continues, and Cantley and Shoffley, holy cow, they were five up through five. They're now five up through eight. Dominating. Shoffley knocked in, I don't know what it was. Did you see a yacht? It was like a 40-foot putt. It was a long Long putt. Long putt, yeah. Long putts are good when they go in. A couple of Southern California guys, San Diego State, UC Los Angeles, man. Well, uh, Canley's from the Long Beach area. And apparently, judging by the way they're dressed, brisk and or cold morning in Wisconsin, 
The Whistling Straits is living up to its billing. The, the Beach Boys it's are sunny. quite comfortable. It's oh, I like that. Nice, and the water's right there. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's full of mosquitoes, but at least not full of crocs. So it's you got not that the ocean. Going. Granted, it's not at it's all. Not the ocean, but you know, it's right on. Uh, what was what, what lake is that? Michigan. Uh, I'm not good at the Great Lakes geography, yeah. but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there, literally right on the water if you're watching it. It's got to be uh, Michigan now that I think about it. Yes, you're right. Yeah. D- Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa are two up through 11, although Thomas and Spieth are two down through 13. And Kepka and Berger, nail-biter, knuckle-biter, one up through 10 over Westwood and Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Do you know Sergio is tied for the second most Ryder Cup wins. And his his team is the only the only pairing that's winning right now for At Europe. 22. He's Gar- uh, I think Faldo's in the lead with 23. John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, two up on Thomas and Speed through 13. So the first four matches at the Ryder Cup, the US is leading three, dominating one and leading the other two. And the Europeans are up up uh, in one match right now. So that's where the Ryder Cup sits as, uh, as the three-day gets underway. All these photos are so weird to see all these guys dressed identically. I mean, in golf, it's, it's an individual sport, and everybody's got their sponsors, and all of a sudden, everybody's out there in the team gear. Yeah, but that's what makes it special, though. It does. It does. Because of it that still very looks, thing that you say. It still looks funny. <laughs> it's like, uh, it looks funny, but I'm used to it in this event, though. Yeah. Or in these types of events. Right. President's Cup. Yeah, so I can I look forward to it because it is different. That that's part of the allure to it is it's it's a one of a kind deal. They spend all year going at each other trying to beat one another, and here's the one time where they're united, us against them. And I love the world against the U.S. because that's the way it should always be. Okay, but see, the Ryder Cup is Europe versus the U.S., and it has an edge. You can feel it. The President's Cup is the rest of the world, and it doesn't yeah, have the, the edge. So you're right. The Ryder is different in that. It's, the it's, Ryder it's, Cup it, has the edge. Uh, I think it does, yeah. I don't understand necessarily why, but it does. All right, DJ and PK, back with more college football. You got an Aggie ticket winner yet, Yuck? Yep, Blake. Just got off the phone with him. So All Blake right, is Blake's going to, going to the, the Boise game. State Broncos and Utah State. Get up early. Get up the canyon, get to Angie's and grab some food. Clean the kitchen sink early. Yeah. Maybe tailgate. Get the order to go. Head over. Tailgate at the game with your food from Angie's. Breakfast tailgates are highly underrated. Highly. Highly underrated. All right. So there it is. We've given away the Cougar tickets and the Aggie tickets. We'll give away the U tickets at 930. And we'll do that coming up. DJ and PK. Question of the day. What are the odds all three teams are winning? The Utes are going to win the conference opener, and BYU and Utah State will be lined up for a showdown of 4-0 and teams. What are the odds? We'll get to that next. Stay with us.